This is a podcast from Rover. Well, of course, it is our first weekend back here on Rural Exchange Rex right across the country on Today FM. And, of course, you can listen back anytime on the podcast uh, to, the, to the full Saturday and Sunday editions or inter- individual uh, interviews will be up on podcast as well. Right, uh, it would be remiss of us not to have sort of a look back to the New Year's honours, and one of those was Dr. Bruce Campbell, who made a, who was made a companion of the New Zealand Order of Merit for services to plant and food research. The Kiri Kiri based scientist is the man we have to thank for saving the entire kiwi fruit industry. He led the team of researchers and growers who found a solution to the PSA crisis of the 2010s. Was well, a sort of 10 or so years ago, maybe a little bit more. And uh, Dr. Campbell joins us now. Uh, firstly, congratulations. Well-deserved honour. Oh, look, thank you very much. Uh, a, a very uh, humbling thing to be recognised in this way on behalf of the much broader team that uh, um, that worked so hard, but I'm, I'm delighted to receive the award. Yeah, and, and as you say, uh, Bruce, you are receiving it on behalf of many, but um, uh, you know somebody's got to be at the uh, the top of the tree there. And obviously, you 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 know you led a, a very dedicated and successful team. Because before we go on a bit more about that, I mean, that was a terrible time. I mean, it, it felt like you know real Armageddon, kind of like what's going to happen here. It, it was it was an absolutely uh, challenging time, particularly for the growers that were hit so hard with um, PSA, the kiwi fruit growers. Mm, mm. And I suppose that in the lead up to that, it was almost like a bulletproof crop. It was going well, everyone was doing well. It was easy to grow, and then PSA came along and really, really reset the universe on um, on the kiwi fruit industry as a result. Gee, and but what's happened in the last ten years or so? I mean, that must put a bit of a smile on your face as to how the sort of the one of the great bounce back stories, really. Yeah, well, look, absolutely, and it probably fits to that old adage: "What doesn't kill you makes you stronger." I think yeah. the, the experience that the industry faced there was a really galvanising call for our growers to work together to um, commit to supporting each other in the industry, and I think. Um, the work that science did was really part of that, to collaborate, to work together as a team uh, to achieve things that nobody could achieve on their own. But by creating that kind of scale and that concerted effort, it found solutions and brought the industry back through um, to an even better place today. Yeah, wonderful. Well, you've had a nearly 40-year career, and I'm guessing that you know the PSA situation um, and what you guys achieved would be uh, one of your highlights and achievements. But are there any other things? I mean, 40 years is a long time. Any other kind of career highlights for you that you would like to share with us? Yeah, look, look uh, absolutely. I think probably if I was to share um, something about myself, what drives me, I think there's a couple of things. One is I'm very conscious that our food system has to be constantly evolving. Um, to meet the changes and the challenges that are actually happening out in the wider world. And I see science as a critical role in that. And um, it's really important to me as a scientist to be able to make that contribution to making the world a better place. And I, I suppose one of the important things as a driver for me is um, is to be able to collaborate, to be able to do that. So in the in the 1990s, actually, I got the opportunity to lead an international group of around 300 scientists who were looking to reduce the uncertainties around climate change and what it would mean for um, pasture and grassland enterprises. And uh, that, again, was a real highlight to be able to reduce the uncertainties. It was a 
it was a, a, a quite a challenging time that it was that science at the time was seen as a very fringe area. It was mm. there was quite a lot of scepticism about it, and uh, I'm kind of pleased um, now to be able to see a number of the aspects that we were looking at and trying to reduce uncertainty about are now being taken more seriously. Yeah, and so what changes have you seen in this space since then, and what are those aspects that you refer to that are now being taken more seriously? Well, I think there's a, there's a couple of aspects. One is um, recognising that uh, there's a lot of global change happening in the world and uh, our food systems have to adapt to that and, and contribute to um, making the world a better place where they can. I, the other is adaptation, and we can see a lot of talk about that at the moment, about um, the um, changing nature of climate, the um, greater incidence of the heavy rainfall events like we've just actually experienced in the last week and also much drier conditions as well. So what that uh, really is about, about preparing for those, for um, uh, protecting ourselves against some of those changes and adapting our food systems uh, to be ready for them. Okay. So you're um, talking about food systems, and you've mentioned a number of times about how food systems need to be constantly evolving and and the role that um, science has has to play in this being really important. What do you see the future of our food systems in New Zealand looking like? Well, um, there's a particular opportunity, I think, that we've got from taking a lead from what's our unique proposition, what's special and different about us, and how can we use that to develop products um, to take to the rest of the world um, that achieve a premium. And I think... Um, at the same time, making sure that we are anticipating and meeting the needs of future consumers. So the, the, I think there's a fabulous opportunity for us to take a lead from Tao Māori and what Māori agribusinesses are doing in this place to see ourselves and our relationship with nature quite differently, to see um, that nature um, has um, rights and privileges to be respected and that us as people aren't um, uh, here to kind of dominate or control nature but actually um, be part of it and, and re- recognise and respect it. And I think that lighter footprint on the environment is going to be demanded by our customers in the future. So if we can develop new systems and approaches that's taking that approach, I think sets us up very well. I quite like that, lighter footprint on our environment. I mean, I, just, I think that kind of sums it up so nicely. Yep, Dr. A- absolutely. And, yeah, yeah it, it is in, in all aspects of what we do. If we can just be thinking about that and um, and making changes, um, it's critical that we um, continue to provide food security for ourselves and for our descending customers overseas. But in doing that, if we can be um, inventive, if we can be innovative and actually come up with different ways of doing that, that, um, that um, support people but don't create harm to the environment, we'll be positioning ourselves extremely well. And that's a, a very big role that science can play there, along with growers. Yeah. yeah. So you had your, your companion of the New Zealand Order of Merit for services to plant and food research. Bruce, are you, are you a foodie yourself? Do you, do you like the stuff you work on? Do you? Or do you, uh, you yes, you, so, absolutely. And I, I suppose in my more recent um, times, I've been involved with, um, as you say, plant and food research. So that's more yep. on the plant-based food side of things. Yep. Um, I'm sort of thrilled to see that becoming more of a focus for people in their diets. I also see that there's a really critical role for the other um, animal-based systems that we operate as well, and it's about 
adapting what we do to be able to meet the needs of consumers and getting that balance right. I think if we increasingly what I see happening is that the whole food system and food story is being geared much more around health and wellness um, of people and of the environment. So I think those are two good drivers to be, uh, I guess, doing good with the food that we're providing for ourselves and for the rest of the world. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, thank you very much uh, for joining us. We really appreciate it, and uh, congratulations uh, on the New Year Honour Companion of the New Zealand Order of Merit for Services to Plant and Food Research. That was Dr. Uh, Bruce Campbell, and I, I just think, uh, Bex, this thing about that there. Yeah, I remember at the time thinking, you know, you, you know, in the 80s, you know, everybody had sort of a... Um, three or four guys, you know, the, the teacher, the doctor, the lawyer, that all got together and got a block of kiwi fruit, and it boomed away, and, uh, and 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 people made a lot of money, then lost a lot of money, and then the, what are we talking, sort of 30 years later when the PSA came through, um, man, they must have come, they did so brilliantly well, because that, that was just a path to mass destruction, and now you've got the other side of the coin, what have we got, we've got the... Um, well, the different varieties, but the one I love that's come through is the ruby red. Have you had the ruby red? Well, I yeah. have not because I, I actually have to admit that I am not a kiwi fruit fan. But I'm sure oh, that many the other siren's people got to go off. I, I'm oh. sure many other people love kiwi fruit and obviously do because you know we yeah. grow a lot of the stuff. But yeah, it's just it's just not not for me. Not for you? No, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, those ruby reds. Um, to be fair. Uh, just before you joined the team, or maybe a few months before you joined uh, the Rex team, a big box did arrive. Uh, and you ate home. it all. I <laughs> ate it all, and the, the sugar content must have been huge. Look, but I like oh, the name. I like the yeah, name. Yeah, I think that once they start sort of the mass production, uh, the world will not be able to get enough of the ruby reds. Okay. Well, you uh, heard it here first. Oh, yeah. They're good. Um, okay. Uh, Wanaka AMP show, March 10 and 11. Same weekend as the horse of the year. Wanaka AMP, if we've been to Kew, we, we might have to send uh, Dom and the head gaffer down there for that one. Yeah, uh, well, I, I have already signaled that I will be unavailable because I will be at Horse of the Year show. But um, I'd yeah. love to go to Wanaka AMP. Gosh. I, I'd like to see the, Jack, the, the Jack Russell race. Well, we actually have one at the Pongaroa Horse Sports oh, this have, weekend if you want to come. Well, Jack Russell. Is there enough Jack Russells in the area? Well, or? it's open to all dogs. It's not just oh, a Jack Russell yeah. race. You know, yeah. it's a dog race. But we're just – oh, again, ah. I probably shouldn't say this. So there's probably not just, enough thousand-acre Jackers in Hawke's Bay to go with the Jack Russells. You know? <laughs> we just tie around a dead, a dead um, rabbit and they chase it. <laughs> probably oh, shouldn't say that. don't me. Oh, God. <laughs> That'll be like having Settlers Day in Kimbolton. Oh, dear. Oh, was that the one where they were doing the possum throwing or something? Oh, no. Um, no the old po- oh, is that Colleton? At Colleton, they did some sort of... Um, I remember there was a big hoo-ha. It was in the Minotaur Standard because uh, they were throwing possums or something. Live possums. <laughs> no, I think they were dead. I don't know. I can't remember. Live possums, are, my experience, always bounce quite well, but there you go. <laughs> No, I've just, just I heard, you know, I, I wouldn't do that sort of thing. No, you, know. you would never do that. No, no. Um, just spent the life with a 22 and a spotlight <laughs> knocking them out of trees. I mean, they're a nasty piece of work. That used to be really great entertainment when I was oh. a kid, but they're actually all gone now. You'd be hard pushed to find a possum really? in our yeah. neck of the woods. Yeah, okay. yep. yeah, some parts of the country they have eradicated big time, haven't they? Yeah, no, it's very rare to see a possum. Yeah. Where we live, or where mum and dad live now, and we used to just go go down the creek behind the house and 
you could pop them off. Oh, they were everywhere. Yeah. But you wouldn't find one now. Yeah. Uh, one time I lost a rugby ball into a hedge and I didn't get the rugby ball out. I got a possum coming up my arms, heading from my face. And I've never been a big fan really ever since, to be perfectly honest. They're, right they're nasty though. Oh, yeah. Ugh, disgusting things. Rightio, uh, stud breeder Wool Class and Martin Patterson next. And we're talking the Wanaka show.